that tastes like the legal system, but gutter water. So that must mean... So the same. So, so that must mean we're about to launch into part five of the West Memphis Three, episode 100 of Untethered. Wow, I like went back and forth and forth and back and back and... Anyway, we got that there. was interesting. We got yeah. there. Um... Yeah, what is up, guys? Uh, we welcome you back to the Tether Radio Podcast. Uh, this is Untethered, number 100, The West Memphis Three, part five. Um, man, this, We're is, getting through this, it. Is, this has been this has been a trek. It's but, a ride. But man, it is. You've done once again. I will always give uh, praise where praise is due. Allie's has just done a phenomenal job with this. So thanks, man. Um, I swear. I just it's realized the book. something. It's the book, dude. What on the, uh, regular episode. I didn't mention the, the newsletter. Oh shit. How did I look over that? I don't know. I've done that. a fucking 200. And, and we hour. usually throw it in randomly sometime in the episode too. Yeah. It's okay. We'll, Jeez, we'll I'm recover. Sorry. We'll recover. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, if you're listening to this and uh, I, you, you're like, oh, my God, you didn't mention it, you son of a bitch. I am. No. <laughs> um, no, and I did, I did not mention it, um, and I apologize. But uh, anywho, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and toss it over to you, Allie, because uh, I don't know if I can do any kind of an introduction for this, because this is part five. I feel like so. ever since the first one, I've just dove in every week. So yeah. um, once again, if you're listening, thank you so much, but please start at episode one of this, because there is so much info, and... It is a whole lot to follow along with. There's really no way I can summarize what all has happened so far. No, absolutely. But this episode, we will get through the trials. So we will finally be done with the trials and the convictions and the sentencing and all that. And then after this, we've got appeals and the aftermath and stuff. And then, um, spoiler, they get released from prison fucking finally after like 18 years. Yeah. So yeah. won't cover a lot in the 18 years part there, but the <laughs> yeah, yeah. them finally being released, I'll get to. So we've got, uh, this is part five of 365. <laughs> uh, no, I just get it because we're going to cover every year. No, but it is looking like probably seven episodes. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, man, I love how I thought I could make this like three episodes <laughs> no, at you first. Said, you started off and you were like, it might be four, maybe five. Oh my God. And then we got to like four and you're like, maybe six. Six, maybe seven, and now we're on five, and it's at like at least I'm ah, I'm confidently no. saying it'll be seven. Okay, okay, <laughs> we'll take it away. Dude. We're more than halfway there, y'all. <laughs> um, I did just at the top yeah. want to say, uh, Google. I looked up about the using paper bags for evidence because okay. that was fucking weird, but I had seen that before and hadn't thought about it. Yeah. Um, there's a PDF about evidence that the Justice Department has that had a lot of info. Um. Mm-hmm. But this is a quote from it. It said, for example, wet or moist evidence that is packaged in plastic will provide a growth environment for bacteria that can destroy Uh, DNA evidence. That makes sense. Uh, Therefore, biological evidence should be thoroughly air dried, packaged in paper, and properly labeled. So for once, 
the West Memphis Police Department seemed to do it right. Wow. Honestly, I, but I bet they weren't following this guideline. No. They were literally, they were like, dude, give me a plat. Oh, oh, all we have is like lunch sacks. Those are Come fine. on. Just, yeah, that's fine. Not a big t- yeah. Just wipe the excess wipe mayo. Wipe most of that mustard off there. Yeah. <laughs> Finish your bologna sandwich. God, Gitchell. (laughs) Gitchell. God, what is that? A PB&J? Come on, man. Like, just wipe that jelly up. Um, I also found a really good interview with uh, the author, Mara Leverett, who wrote Devil's Knot, and uh, about, like, her research and stuff and the book. Um, Is that, like, a reference to the devil's butthole? (laughs) <laughs> she actually answers in this interview what the devil's not is oh, okay. um gotcha and it's kind of just that this case was a mess and play on words that, and kind of thing that sounds good um and by the way uh i'm just gonna make this comment uh we will be kind of making we'll, we will be bringing some levity to for this sure, because sure. this is a very depressing thing we are not trying to make light of it we're not trying to uh I don't even We're know, definitely not like, like laughing at the victims or anything like that. We're not, not. going to do that. No. no. But but we will be making jokes and stuff uh throughout here because it is If you don't laugh you're going to cry. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it, it is a joke of a fucking like conviction and trial and everything. So, but And one last thing um <laughs> When I'm done with all this, finally in two more weeks, um, <laughs> I'm going to put together just one special newsletter and send out that's just like links and sources and um, interviews. I thought, I and thought you were going to say you were going on sabbatical or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually quitting the podcast. This is my two-week notice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I've just found a lot of stuff that I've bookmarked that I just want y'all to have if you want to check it out. So, yeah, it's cool. Cool. Um, So here we go. So uh, we're back in court. The case is looking bleak for the state. And then Prosecutor Fogelman announced that they were going with the motive of cult shit. Uh, Jason's. I, hope, I hope that's legit with it. No, <laughs> that's my notes. I, know, I love it. Uh, Jason's lawyer tried to block this in yet another in-camera hearing where they take the jury out. Uh, Ridge testified that he believed all along that the murders were related to the occult. He said that the fact that there was overkill, just meaning that they did more injuries to the boys than they needed to to kill them. Um, and that the boys were eight years old was a number used by people in the Wiccan religion. I'm like, are you just pulling this out of your ass? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was a uh, rhetorical question. Um, Judge Burnett asked the defense and the prosecution if either of them could define a cult. And he said, I don't know what an occult is. It sounds like something bad, but I'm not sure what it is. It's, okay. And you're, you can you can finish this statement. I don't. I can't describe blank to you, but I'll know it when I see it. Yep. <laughs> uh, pornography. There you uh, go. Ding 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 ding. Prurian interests, you see. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, and you're a judge, dude. Don't you have a dictionary on the bookshelf in your chambers? Like, yeah. I'm God. Look it up. That takes um, effort. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the judge asked Fogelman, were they going to link Jason to occult activities? And Fogelman said, well, Jason listens to heavy metal and he has 15 black heavy metal t-shirts and he has some animal claws that he owns too. What? Wow. What? (laughs) What? 
So Burnett, surprise, surprise, fucking ruled that he would allow questions about the occult. And again, struck down Jason's lawyers about splitting up his and Damien's trials. What were you going to ask? I mean, this is just insane. Yeah. This is just like, I, like who? Kids weird, probably worship <laughs> Satan. Like, I think I had animal claws. I didn't, I don't think I had heavy metal t-shirts. Who didn't have just, a rabbit's foot? But like, yeah. Like. I mean, like, but no, I probably had like gnarlier shit than sure. that. Because it was like, hey man, like if you found weird shit outside, yeah. you kept it. Like, who like I probably have, had like, like skulls in my bedroom yeah. kind of shit. Who didn't you know? have like a shark's tooth that someone had brought them or like. A cicada shell that you thought was cool yeah. and you perched up on your nightstand or something. Like, I yeah. had weird little things. Yeah. God. Especially in the South. We don't have anything to do God. but go outside Thank and you. eat some blackberries and find some critters. <laughs> and find some dead critters. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the public didn't know and the jury also never knew that the prosecutors had offered Jason a separate deal twice. If he would plead guilty and testify against Damien... Instead of seeking the death penalty, they would only sentence him to 40 years, which he would get eventual parole. And with good behavior, he would probably be out of prison in 10 to 15 years. I, I've never understood this stuff, like this this like calculation of like, I know. oh, I'm, you're going to get 40, but you're going to get parole, and you could probably get out in like 10. It's like, but what, what happened to the other 30? The real, like, like, yeah. Why is this like buying a car? Can you yeah. just tell me the price and I can buy it or not? <laughs> yes, seriously. God. No, 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 I know this, this is the online price, but like, come on. like, uh. Uh, Come on in. I'll see what I can knock off for <laughs> you. <laughs> but Jason, How about these all weather mats? <laughs> yeah. Jason told him no both times. Um, mm. He was still 16 and turning them down risked him being put to death. And the book pointed out that this showed a lot about his character and yeah. about the prosecution, which I think is fair. Yeah. Um, and he just kept saying, you know, they're basically wanting me to go up there and lie. I'm not I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. what, what was Jason's last name? Sorry. Uh, Statham. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my Sorry. God. Jason Baldwin. Uh, Baldwin. Baldwin. Okay. Got you. Um, so in. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> if you would hit me with a Statham. Statham. That would have like fucking und like upended me, man. I couldn't I couldn't fit the lisp into my brain right there. No, no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> so they had yet another in camera hearing where they took the jury out again. Uh. And the defense tried to say that the initial interviews that Damien had with the police were obtained illegally because he said he had asked three separate times for a lawyer while police were talking to him. And they just kept telling him no. They said an attorney is just gonna cost you a lot of money and he'll quit anyway. <laughs> wow that's dude. not up to y'all seriously what? that like, is insane yeah so <laughs> he said he was questioned for eight hours that day and that the detective started off pretty nice but then later on quote said they were gonna fry my ass and that i might as well go ahead and confess excuse me hmm huh Damien's mother, Pam, testified that while Damien was still being questioned, she called an attorney who was also a state senator and asked that he come to West Memphis to represent Damien. He testified that he drove to the West Memphis police station and he asked to see Damien, but the staff refused him like a few times. And then eventually they were like, the building's closed. You can't go to the area that Damien's in. What? So this had to be, well, I mean, why would she call anybody other than Arkansas senator, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, I, mean, I mean, he's, I feel he's like also an attorney. Yeah, like there's record right. of him testifying that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, gotcha, te gotcha. he testified that that he went and did that. Okay. And then Ridge and Durham testified that none of that happened. 
course. And Judge Burnett said that Ridge and Durham are credible and ruled that Damien's statements during that questioning would be allowed in the trial. Man, this, <laughs> this judge is like, he wow, He is out dude. to get the wow. defense, dude. Yeah. So we're fucking back to open court. We brought the jury back in. Mm-hmm. Ridge is on the stand. He talks about the comments that Damien had made about the mystical significance of water, about three being a sacred number to Wiccans, and about the, quote, demonic forces that all people have inside of them. Once again, asking Damien to ever shut the fuck up even once in his life when he's talking to the police. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Ah, dude. I know. He's dude, digging so, his own. So do you think that, like... I don't think that it would have made that big of a difference, though, to be honest. No, with you. but I think it, it was, was not just, helping. It was more that they yeah. could keep throwing against him later. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I think they would have. They I think they would have still. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, this judge just seemed like he had yeah. a fucking hard on for this. These kids. Kind it's of like thing, you know? I got and not not in that way. No, but, no. <laughs> but I got tired of like how many times the judge was like, no, fuck it. We're doing what the prosecution suggested. Like, I, yeah. If you made that a drinking game, you'd be in the hospital. I, dude, I'm not going to lie. I tried to. <laughs> I'm blackout. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so um, Damien's lawyer, Val Price, questioned Ridge. And Ridge mentioned Damien reading Anton LaVey, who wrote a book called Satanic Rules and Involvement. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, who, who wrote about Satanic Rules and Involvement. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King, who wrote Horror, and that Ridge found that strange. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Fogelman also called to the stand Damien's ex-girlfriend, Deanna Holcomb, and had her point out that Damien wore all black and carried knives. (laughs) Once again, I'm Damien. Like, I'm... (laughs) Like, what? Also, he wore all black because you told him he looked cool in black. I mean, dude, I remember kids out in Granger that were, like, my age, that it was, like decked out in like corn gear and like jinkos and always had like a pocket knife kind of thing probably brought pocket knives to school and like nobody gave a fuck because it was like hey man that's what was like deemed as cool i've carried a pocket knife in my purse since like middle school and i have always tried to remember not to take it to school because they'll fucking suspend you for it but like now whenever i fly i have to remember if i'm going to a show or something i have to remember not to take my knife you know like and i'm a fucking wimp (laughs) (laughs) um she also testified that she had seen a knife like the one from the lake in damien's pocket once wait wasn't wasn't that like a fucking big knife it was pretty big and it was a folding knife and it was uh like i bet i mean like at the same time yeah i've seen a basic folding knife like this he has one sort of like it yeah cool it folds everyone in the county does sharp yeah so is mine (laughs) you know um Fogelman had the court make an official note that there was a full moon on may 5th 1993 the night of the murders okay noted Wow, dude. Uh, The prosecutors called Dale Griffiths, that cult expert that they had, to the stand. The jury was dismissed for over three hours while the defense argued about his qualifications as an expert. Turned out that his PhD was a mail order one that (laughs) doesn't require you to take any classes. What does that even mean? Like... Like, that's literally just a piece of paper. Yeah, like a correspondence school. Like, you don't even... You're not... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he just, like, 
Yep. Isn't a mail order thing? You literally send money in with like a yeah. thing that, hey, I want this. Yeah. And then they send you the thing that you want back. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're right. No qualifications. So again, wasn't required to take any classes to obtain this PhD. God. Judge Burnett said he would still be allowed to testify as an expert. Wow, dude. Which you don't have to have a PhD in the thing to be like an expert in the field, whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, follow-up question. What kind of experience kind of thing, like, does he have enough experience to justify the expert, like, fucking moniker? No. <laughs> exactly. So much no. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's like, just because you read about a lot of shit yeah. doesn't make you a fucking expert. Like, <laughs> I know. I think he said he had read 4,800 books on the subject. And it's like, okay. No, you didn't. No, first of all, no, you didn't. First off, you, you <laughs> couldn't have found 4,800 books on cult and Satanism exactly. in the early 90s. No. No. Yeah. And without Amazon, how are you even getting all those? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Prosecutor Fogelman did not know that Griffiths' PhD was from a correspondence school until right then. Like, the defense were like, did you have to take any classes to earn this PhD? And he was like, no. <laughs> That's when Fogelman found out. And he said, he said in an interview later that that was probably the most embarrassing moment of his entire career. Good. Should be. How would you not do the fucking due diligence to like check credentials on like fucking witnesses and shit? It says right here. He's got a PhD (laughs) hired. My God. (laughs) So we bring the jury back in again. These people are getting their steps in at least. Got no shit. The um, people get up and they testify that Damien had a dog skull in his home and Jason had 11 black t-shirts in his home. I have more than that that I currently wear. I mean, you're currently in a right black now. t-shirt. It's Fallout Boy who's definitely a cult and satanic. No, like honestly, hell. honestly, I think that's two of the uh face <laughs> or I'm sorry, four of the faces of Satan. <laughs> Got 11 black t-shirts? That ain't I mean, shit. That's a fashion statement. Dude, no, no, that's trying to be a fashion statement. True. (laughs) You gotta commit to the bit. Exactly. Fuck, I've probably got 11. That's a poser right there. (laughs) I've probably got 11 black just band t-shirts and probably 11, uh, uh, six or seven just solid black shirts. Dude, Megan has probably half of her wardrobe is black. Yeah, because black clothes rule. It's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Griffiths took the stand, and he said that this case had the, quote, trappings of occultism based on the full moon and the lack of blood at the scene. There you go, boys. Put a pin in it. We're done. We solved it. This is just fucking like. It's ridiculous. It's comical, man. Yeah. He said that Damien's writings, artwork, and books indicated occult involvement, and later on he went specifically and said it related to satanic worship. Also, they mentioned a couple times just kind of in passing, hmm. Wicca doesn't believe in Satan. So I'm I'm not familiar with like Wiccan or Wicca or like all that stuff. I'm not uh, either. Yeah. But it's just like it's supposed to be more I think more like uh well, it's more like Earth magic based, stuff. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's not It's not spiritual. It's like magic. I think. Or I don't know. Maybe there's, I don't know. I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm totally getting out of my fucking wheelhouse. Right, right. <laughs> um, so then Fogelman calls uh, the two girls from the softball game mm. and one of them's mother to the stand. One of those girls is 12. And she said, I heard Damien Eccles say that he had killed the three boys. She said Jason had been with him and she told her mother just after hearing it. And then when she was cross-examined, she said she had never seen Damien before that day at the softball game. Mm. Um, he was talking with other people and the confession was the only part that she had even heard. And they didn't tell the police about this until after Damien's arrest. Okay, maybe you don't want to get involved. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. The other girl, 13, said that at that same game, she heard Damien say that he had killed the three boys, and before he turned himself in, he was going to kill two more. One of them, he'd already picked out who it was going to be. She had also never seen or heard of Damien before that. She told her mother also, and they didn't tell the police till after the arrest. If you think this is valid, if you believe this guy... And you even think for a second that he did it and is about to kill two more little boys. Why the fuck would you not go to the police? God, man. Uh, she said there were six or seven people with Damien at the time, but she wouldn't be able to recognize any of them. None of them? But you recognize him? I'm sorry. I, I just, um, I want to just Convenient. shake so many people. In no, this. dude, it's, it's, it's insane. It, it literally, it, it, there are so many things that it's, and Maybe this is no. Actually, I'm 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 going to make this comment, but I don't agree with it, <laughs> even though I'm I'm making it. Sure. Maybe this is like hindsight kind of thing, but at the same time, I don't see how these these can't be glaring issues. Yeah. Like as this is going on. Yeah. For people that are, their profession. Yeah. Is poking holes in like testimonies and shit. Exactly. It's like wait what? Yeah. <laughs> So that was the end of the prosecution's evidence. Um, a reporter later wrote that all the state's case seemed to have even proved was that the murders had occurred and how the victims had died. Yeah. You ain't got much of a case, right? <laughs> yeah. So Jason's lawyer asked Judge Burnett, since there was nothing linking Jason to this crime, to issue, to issue a directed verdict, which would acquit Jason right then. Um, a judge can do that when the evidence is found to be glaringly insufficient. Mm. Burnett announced in open court, no, this evidence is more than sufficient. I mean, yeah. So Damien's lawyer made the same sort of motion, and he was also denied. Jason's lawyer asked again for a severance of the trials since the evidence introduced was mostly only applying to Damien. And again, Burnett denied it and said that he would remind the jury to, you know, take into consideration that this only applies. Well, so um, explain to me, like, what, what the big deal is with uh, separating the trial just literally the fact that they want to throw, they want to make uh, Damien the, like, not poster child, but, like, make an example of him. Yeah. And then be they, they would potentially be able to get the other guy off on lesser. But from, but, from Jason's side of it, it really mm-hmm. seemed like, why is he even in this? They don't have anything against him other than that he was friends with Damien. Yeah. You know? And, like, potentially was whatever. He had some well, black t-shirts. Yeah. Black t-shirts like, and was friends. And You're Damien's right. weird. Yeah. Because so they, like, they didn't even have them together kind of thing, no, right? No. So. I don't know. I never understood why they had their, yeah. their trials together. That makes no fucking sense. No. And I, I seriously lost count of how many times they asked for the trials to be separated. Yeah. And Burnett said no. Like, Jeez, so dude. to present Damien's alibi, the defense put his mom on the stand and she testified that he was with the family from 4 p.m. onward on May 5th. 
Uh, Prosecutor Davis said that at the very least, she was confused about her times. But Damien's sister, Michelle, she was, I think she was 15 during this trial. And three of the family's friends all testified and agreed about the times and everything. So, like, Damien's got a pretty good alibi. Yeah. And now they put Damien on the stand. Mm. Yep. He's his own worst enemy, man. Yep. And it's just, it's usually. Which sucks. I know. But it's usually frowned upon to put your defendant on the stand anyway. And why I, of any are you that... putting Damien up there? So, I mean, so this is complete and utter oversight by the uh, the defense that it's like. Yeah. I, and And this is the other thing. Have they not been constantly being like, dude, fucking calm down. Stop, stop doing, yeah, stop doing weird shit to the, like the other families, gawking, whatever, making faces, yeah. doing blowing devil, kisses, blowing kisses, whatever, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. and then they're going to, what? Yep. So Damien's lawyer, Val Price, asked Damien how he got his name. He explained that he changed his last name when his stepfather adopted him and that he was very involved in the Catholic church at the time. Mm-hmm. So he chose the name Michael. His name was Michael Damien Eccles. Gotcha. I think he had another middle name too. That's a super big like Southern thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've, I've never understood that, but okay. Um, he chose the name Michael after the church that he was attending, St. Michael's and Damien after a man named Father Damien who had taken care of lepers like until he caught leprosy and died. Yeah. Um, Damien, like, they ask him, does your name have anything to do with horror movies, Satanism, cultism, or anything of that nature? And Damien replied, no, nothing whatsoever. Yeah. Price asked him about his hobbies. You know, what do you like to do? Oh, I used to be into skateboarding, but I just got over that. Now I watch movies and talk on the phone. Normal teenager stuff. Absolutely. I didn't even throw that in my notes because it's so basic. Yeah. Um, And then they ask him about what he likes to read. Why are you guys opening this up? Why are you guys asking him what he likes to read? What are you doing? Yeah. He said he'd pretty much read anything, but his favorites were Stephen King, Dean Koontz, and Anne Rice, which all horror, vampires, weird stuff. Was Anne Rice uh, interviewed with him? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. She wrote a lot of stuff, but that's the right. one that she's known for. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Dean Koontz. Dean, what written, was Dean Koontz? Uh, uh, the name sounds he's super another, He's another big horror writer. Really? He did, uh, he's had a few turned into movies. Intensity, Watchers. Huh. Um, I, I know the Odd name. Thomas. Like, Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. Yeah. Uh. Um, who was that? I think that was Elijah Wood. Oh, interesting. I don't know. You'd recognize it. Okay. I, but I, Dean Koontz is just like, He's one of those names that like, I feel if Stephen King wasn't so at the top of horror, Dean Coons would be known more. Gotcha. You know? Okay. Um, he said he has read all sorts of religion. He's read about all sorts of religions because he always wondered how to be sure that you've got the right one. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's a normal teenage thing to wonder. You should, you should question everything. Yeah. Period. Uh, he said after Catholicism, he started <laughs> to focus on Wicca. Um, Price brought out some of Damien's writings that the prosecution had already introduced, and he asked Damien to read the quotes that he had written on the inside cover of his uh, journal mm-hmm. and then say what the sources were. There were three. One was from Shakespeare, one was from Metallica, and one was from a Twilight Zone episode. I mean, dude, th- how... Shakespeare? How is this, like, anything different from literally any run-of-the-mill fucking high school kid? Right? Period. This would be like if the satanic panic happened when social media was starting and they were like, what's this cryptic Facebook post? And you're like, it's the Fallout Boy lyric. Yeah. <laughs> I just said lol LMFAO. Like, I, it doesn't mean it's like up there with Kofifi. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
let's see. Some of the other items that the state had introduced were from Metallica tape cover art. Mm. And uh, he said he had kept that dog skull that he found because it was cool. And he had a gold skull with wings on it that the state had shown. And that was a Harley Davidson emblem. (laughs) Like, come on, man. So they asked him, did you ever, have you ever had a driver's license? Have you ever driven? He said, no, which goes back to the SBAT thing. Yeah. Uh, He said he had been at that softball game, but had not talked any about the murders. He said he was not a Satanist. He said he had a knife sort of like the one from the lake, but his handle was camo, not black. And his blade was black, not silver. So like, so it's sort of not his knife. Definitely not. (laughs) the one. Yeah. So Davis cross-examined Damien the next day. He asked Damien if he had threatened to eat his father alive when he was hospitalized in Oregon. I don't recall that being part of it. Yeah. Uh, Damien said no. He had threatened to kill himself. Damien asked about the medicine that he had previously mentioned that he was prescribed. And Damien said, yeah, he is currently still taking imipramine. Is that how you say it? Imipramine, yeah. Um, Davis asked him if he is a manic depressive. And he said yes. Davis asked what happens when he doesn't take his meds. He said he cries, he's depressed, he stays by himself. Uh, Davis asked when he is in a manic phase, does he feel nearly invincible? And Damien said yes. Davis asked if he gets violent, if his medicine is out of balance. And Damien said only toward myself. So the book made this like offhanded thing, this comment that just said that most of the observers in the courtroom agreed that Damien testifying had not helped his case and had probably harmed it. That's fair, but I'm like, I, did you talk to most of the? I don't know. That that's a weird. It was uh, worded strange, yeah. Yeah, that that's a weird conclusion to come away with. Yeah, you know? and I feel like maybe it was more like most of the observers who were interviewed or something. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, well, no, exactly, and they yeah. they can skew that shit that it's like most, and it was like one more than yeah half yeah kind of thing, you know. So there's this reporter for the Arkansas Times. I don't, I guess his name's in the footnote, in, in notes, but I don't, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said that it seemed like the prosecution was trying to show that Damien was capable of the crime, so he must have done it. This, this reporter had a lot of really good stuff yeah. um, later on in the trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, quote, he's sardonic. I had to look that up. It means yeah, cynical or mocking. Okay, nice. <laughs> he's sardonic and remorseless, but what he conveys isn't cold-hearted menace. It's a disturbed boy lost in a theatrical posture that he's trying to fashion into an identity. It's more pitiful than scary. Like, that is such a good summary of it. On, yeah. Man. And then later on, that same reporter said that Jason had the slightly drained look of a kid who's been called to the principal's office and isn't quite sure how serious his situation is. This reporter needs a prize. Yeah, right. Like, so good. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I really like that guy. I need to look up more of it. Like, he he was basically assigned to cover the trials, like, for the Arkansas Times. And yeah. every time they had a poll quote from this guy, I'm like, I love this. Yeah, <laughs> my God. Um, Damien's lawyers tried to question Christopher Morgan, who was a 20 year old from Memphis who told police in California that he might've blacked out and killed the three boys. Excuse me. What? (laughs) We'll get into it. What? So he recanted that statement, but the defense wanted to use it to raise some fucking reasonable doubt. Yeah. The prosecutors tried to stop his testimony. Here we go with another in camera session to hear what Morgan had to say before the jury got to hear it. 
The book calls this part the strangest, most secretive, and perhaps most revealing part of the trial. Okay. We'll get to why. It'll be in a minute. No, we, we'll yeah, get to no, why. No, no. All ears. Yeah. <laughs> so they put Morgan under oath. Morgan asked for an attorney. Judge Burnett ignored him twice. Uh, he said that he had either worked or spent the day of the murders jumping off of sand cliffs into the Mississippi River. And then that night he was at a nightclub in Memphis. He went to California a few days later to pick up a car for a friend and he voluntarily went to the police station. And I, I don't understand why. Then when he gets there, he finds out that he's wanted for questioning. Why what? did you go? What? what? I don't know. It never, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And he confessed after 17 hours of police questioning. He said he just blurted out, maybe I could have, about maybe he could have committed the murders. Yeah. So the police would leave him alone. Guys, <laughs> don't ever confess thinking that that's going to end, no, it end won't. your stuff. It no. will not. Fogelman chimed in to say that West Memphis Police Department had ruled Morgan out as a suspect. And Davis said that Morgan's testimony was unreliable and that the defense was trying to create a smoke, sc- smoke screen with an irrelevant story. Judge Burnett took a day he like paused the trial to like think about this um he decided to appoint a judge for more er, judge a lawyer for for (laughs) For morgan and ordered him to return to court in two days Mm. no that's not when he paused it but he did order he ordered uh ordered a lawyer for morgan and ordered him to come back in two days gotcha the jury's back now, again, and the defense is trying to show what a shitty investigation the police did. Damien's- I'm sorry, this just, like, makes me think of the Dave Chappelle skit of, yeah. like, when uh, he he's playing uh, P. Diddy, and he's, like, got that uh, show that it's, like, all the people, like, on the show, and he's like, I'm shutting down the studio! <laughs> now I'm bringing back the studio! You know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm shutting down the studio! Right. I'm bringing back the studio! God. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's that fucking ridiculous. The jury's so. got to be so frustrated with how much they're not present for. <laughs> yeah. So the jury's back now. The defense is trying to show this bad investigation that the police did. Damien's other lawyer, Scott Davidson, questioned Gitchell about what sort of manual the police department had for investigative procedures. They didn't have one. I don't know if that's standard to have one. I don't know. Mm. It didn't get into it. I didn't want to look into whether in 93 it was normal to have, you know. Yeah, I did. Plus, that's probably not an easy answer to find. No. Um, Did the department own a tape recorder or a video camera? Yeah. Did they ever use those when interviewing Damien? No. No. What are the department's written procedures for handling evidence? None. This this is kind of like uh, the fact that, like, what is it? I would say 70% of our police force have body cams, but for some reason... They get none, turned off None whenever. of them work, or they just get turned off at, at when they would be m- the most useful. Exactly. It's like, wow, yeah. cool. Glad, yeah. glad that our tax dollars are going to that equipment that's not being used. Yeah. So... Um, and they're like, well, how about that blood evidence from Bojangles? Yeah, we lost it. How about those recordings from Vicki Hutchison's house when you wired it? Well, the recording was inaudible, so we couldn't make a transcription either. <laughs> Judge Burnett interrupted and was like, Davidson, are you getting to something relevant here? Yeah, all of it, Finally. actually. Yeah. All of it, I am. Yeah. So Davidson considered this a sign of the judge's contempt for the defense and called for a mistrial. Davidson explained how all these issues were relevant, and Burnett's like, they're actually not. I mean, yes, they dude, are. No, I'm this... showing all the missteps of the police. That's insane. Dude. Uh, um, Jason Baldwin even said at one point, he was like, 
I didn't even know what was going on, but like everything that we tried, the judge shot down. Yeah. Like I could see that and I was clueless. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know? And and you've got the the fucking like prosecutors over there that are just like closing their eyes, throwing like darts at like a, a, a board that yeah. it's like, oh, get him on the occult. He's got 12 black shirts. Yeah. He has a cat skull. Yeah. And it's like just random all of these things nonsense. definitely relevant. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Val Price, Damien's lawyer, he uh, questioned Mark Byers about that knife that he gave the HBO bro. Yeah. Byers said that he barely remembered what he had told detectives about the wife knife six weeks earlier when he was questioned. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, Price made it a point to show the jury how many times that Byers had told Gitchell and Ridge that he had no idea how human blood could have gotten on that knife. Which, remember, he went on and on. I don't know. There's definitely no human blood. Well. Well, I remember we could have, like. Yeah. Maybe deer blood. Well, I, I maybe cut I myself. Think so. yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Price asked Byers about his statements to police two weeks after the murders, and he got Breyer, Byers to bring up that the last time that he saw Christopher was when he whipped him with a belt. And the prosecutors didn't even cross-examine Byers. Jeez, dude. Yeah. As the trial entered its final week, Judge Burnett finally ruled separately that Jesse Miss Kelly had had a fair trial and would not get another. Of course you're ruling that. Why is it up to him? Yeah. The defense is hoping that the jury is going to get to hear about Christopher Morgan's confession. But then when he showed up for court with his attorney, Judge Burnett ruled this in-camera hearing would be held without the media or any spectators. And he issued a gag order on the attorneys so that they couldn't discuss it. Wow, dude. That's the whole, like, what's the strangest part of the whole? Yeah. So all the in-camera hearings before this were still public. Like, the media was there. Yeah. The observers were there. Just the jury was taken out. This one, they, like, went into the judge's chamber to talk about shit. Yeah. Um, Morgan's lawyer. That's fascinating. Uh-huh. <laughs> Morgan's lawyer said he did not intend to testify, and if he was forced to, he would exercise his Fifth Amendment rights to avoid, avoid incriminating himself. The prosecutors objected to this because they said the jury might think that Morgan knew something self-incriminating about the murders, which would bring more doubt to the case, you know? How could any more doubt be brought to this case? Yep. <laughs> or at least in the defense's eyes. Right. <laughs> uh Morgan's lawyer said that he had some drug charges that he was also facing, like federal drug charges for yeah. LSE. And he said that those charges that he was facing might relate to the murders. But, like, he was super cryptic about everything. Yeah. Judge Burnett started ranting about all the things in this trial that had pissed him off. And one thing that he brought up right now of all times was that the defense had been told not to bring up Mark Byers bring, being a confidential drug informant. Why are you bringing that up now? What? Seems fishy. Yeah. Seemed pretty out of left field, but the defense was wondering later, did that have something to do with the gag order and this guy's drug issues and stuff? Yeah. You know? So Burnett, I was going to say you're going to love this, but this is the same as everything (laughs) else. Judge Burnett ruled that Morgan was, quote, a young man who admitted that he lied. And that forcing him to testify might incriminate him, so he would not require Morgan to testify. Where was this logic for Jesse Miss Kelly's trial? Exactly, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? <gasps> oh, 
wow, dude. So Damien's lawyer called their final witness, Robert Hicks. He is a police training officer from Virginia with a master's in applied anthropology in relation to law enforcement. He had written a book and several articles on so-called occult or satanic crime and the involvement of law enforcement with that topic. He was basically like up there to talk against it all because like yeah. that's why he's like so-called, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. So on the stand, he said that the word <clears throat> occult doesn't really even have a fixed meaning and that people generally use it to mean certain kinds of practice and symbols that we don't observe in practice but that other people do. And that it usually means people who do nasty things. I don't think that's accurate, but maybe. I think that's Is how it? it's generally used. Like, So it's just like off the beaten path kind of practices I kind think of thing? So. Yeah. Okay. It's almost used interchangeably as like weird or like you don't trust it. You yeah. Know? So, so it, it just had like, because obviously a cult has like a connotation to it. Yeah. You know? But. Uh, Versus weird. Yeah. We, weird is just over here. Occult seems like nefarious almost. Well, so the wiki for occult says yeah. the occult in the broadest sense is a category of esoteric supernatural beliefs and practices which generally fall outside the scope of organized religion and science. Um, hmm. It's pretty vague. I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty just uh, nebulous. But That's the word I can nebulous. think of. Nebulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, wrong tab. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Damien's lawyers rest their case. Jason's lawyers only call one witness, an expert about hair and fibers. He said that the red fiber that was said to be similar to Jason's mom's bathrobe, mm. when he examined it, he found that the robe would not be a possible source for that fiber. That's it. That's all they wanted. Jason's lawyers rested. They didn't call anybody else. In a later interview, they said that they believed the assumption of innocence would win this case for them at this point because of how little the state had on Jason. They said at one point, Jason's name was not even said in the trial for three full days. Like, why <laughs> didn't we separate these? They Absolutely. hoped they would just disappear in yeah. the midst of all the Damien stuff. Uh, Jason later said that when his lawyers rested after just calling that one witness that he felt lost. I bet. No shit. So he had told his lawyers that he wanted to testify. He wanted to tell the jury that he was mowing his uncle's lawn on the afternoon of the murders and have his uncle verify that. He wanted to say he didn't recall ever seeing Michael Carson, that guy that said he told him the gruesome details in jail. Yeah. Uh, his lawyers told him he shouldn't testify, which again, like it's usually discouraged to have your defendant testify. Sure. And Jason said it did seem like they were right about that. Uh, he was quoted as saying, all that mattered was that Damien was weird and I had black t-shirts. It's true. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it, sad. No, it's, it, that's yeah. the worst part is it is true. I know. So usually when somebody's on trial and facing the death penalty, the defense will ask the jury to consider lesser, lesser charges, uh, which carry lighter sentences. Mm -hmm. But this time the prosecutors wanted the jury to do this. So the defense talked to their clients and then they said that they were opposed to that. They wanted the jury to consider the most severe charges or to find them not guilty. Okay. So, but this is one of those things that if you try them for the death penalty and you can't get a conviction, then they can't try them for a lesser 
charge. Is that not they couldn't, correct? They couldn't retry them for a lesser charge. Yeah. But because this state does separate sentencing. Oh, okay. So you could convict them of capital murder and yeah. then decide whether to do the death penalty in the sentencing part. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But but if you're if you're not so and I'm I'm not yeah. well versed in this shit yeah, at yeah. all. But like if you can't convict somebody and with with the potential of capital punishment kind of thing. Yeah. Then I thought that it was just like it, it was kind of like a uh if you tried somebody for like first degree murder yeah. and you can't get that to stick, you can't just drop it down to second. Right. Like Right. Is right. that unless correct? you're unless you're telling them going into it uh, here is what's on the table for you guys to convict. Um gotcha. like y'all can choose whether it is capital or first degree or second sure. degree. Okay. But they've gotta be advised to consider that. Okay. It sounds just like goofy little weird rules. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's I weird. know. Um, and Burnett said, nah, the jury would be instructed to consider those lesser charges. Again, siding with the prosecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fogelman announced that the West Memphis PD just now discovered blood on a necklace that they had taken from Damien 10 fucking months earlier. What? Both sides have already rested. And they just come up with something else? Yeah. As, as, Fucking evidence? Yes. <laughs> what? There were two types of blood found on this pendant. Um, one was matching Damien, and one was matching Jason and Stevie Branch and 11% of the white population. So, again, this is this is before, like, DNA was that developed. So, it sure. was just, like, blood types-ish. Yeah. Uh, 11% of the population. Yeah. <laughs> and that's admissible in court? Well, we're going to see. Okay. Let's see. Let's throw that at the wall and see if it sticks. Judge Burnett, what are you thinking, (laughs) brother? No, I'm just kidding. Another in-camera hearing. Damien's lawyers reported that they shared that necklace. So if it had Jason's blood on it, that's no value as evidence. Like... And it was a microscopic. It was a tiny little speck. Like, they sent it to one lab, and that lab didn't have enough to go on. So they had to send it to a different lab, like, across the country to look at more. Gotcha. Um, Judge Burnett decided that if they introduced this pendant, he would grant Jason's lawyers their request to sever his trial from Damien's. Just now? Just... F- but the trial's over. What? I don't know. None of it makes sense. The prosecution backed down and it, the pendant wasn't introduced. I hope to God that, like, Judge Burnett was a judge for... Very like not lo- much longer after this fucking trial, but I'm sure that he fucking died a judge or something. Oh, so. I'm sure. But um, so in the closing arguments, Fogelman uh, said that Damien was manic and feeling invincible when he was bragging to his little groupies about the murders at the yeah. softball game, and that those girls got up here and they were scared, but they testified and they didn't have any motivations other than telling you guys the truth. Okay. Um, he recapped all the evidence and then he brought up motive and Satanism. He read a poem of Damien's and said that it proved that he followed Satanism and Wicca, which again are they're different. That's absolutely. That's yeah. like saying you're Muslim and Catholic. I no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the poem was short, and it just... You can't be Cuslam? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Cuslam? <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, the poem was really short, and it just talked about not wanting to be on the wrong or the right side. Just normal, angsty teen shit that yeah. didn't really say anything. Yeah. Uh, Fogelman said, if you, if you really look inside Damien, you can see there is not a soul in there, and he is scary. What? Let's convict him oh. on being scary. Uh, have you seen this guy? He's weird. I don't like it. Oh, shit. He is a weird guy. Guilty as charged. Fogelman picked up a grapefruit and said, hey, let's talk about the knives. And the defense was like, objection. <laughs> I wish I wish everybody what? could see your face. What in the fuck is happening? The defense is like, this is going to be an unscientific experiment with an item that hasn't been entered as evidence. And Fogelman's like, no, I'm just going to show the marks that the two knives made. Burnett said, yeah, go ahead. He's, he's like, I just hadn't had breakfast. <laughs> so he really dramatically whacks the grapefruit with each knife, and he shows the jury the marks, and he says, the marks that the lake knife made matched those on Christopher Byers' groin. Here, here's that autopsy photo again of Byers' groin. And he said, well, true, it could be another knife like this. But this is proof that that knife caused these injuries. We rest our case. <laughs> it could not be this knife. But, but this that's proof. proof that that's, it's this this proof. This proves that it's definitely this knife. This is, God, His dude. closing argument took an hour and a half. I think that Finn could legitimately be a better like judge presiding <laughs> over this case and a more fair judge right? than this. Finn's like, up there going, is that a grapefruit? We're not talking about grapefruit. Yeah. You've never mentioned a grapefruit. He's like, that knife doesn't look like that knife. <laughs> Literally, like, it's it's yeah. just like, no, that's not the same one. <sighs> like, one of these knives is not <laughs> like the other one. You know, it's like, what the fuck? God. So Damien's lawyer reminded the jury that reasonable doubt mean they means that they need to believe Damien's guilty and that there's no other reasonable conclusion. He reminded them of all of Mark Byers' weird involvements and said, that's certainly some reasonable doubt. Um, he attacked the police department's handling of the entire case. I like this quote. He said, if something fit with their theory that Damien was involved, the state investigated that. If it didn't, they chucked it aside. They threw it away, just like that Bojangles blood. Oh, I man. That. that one hits. Yeah. Uh, he brought up that it was unfair to focus on Damien as a suspect just because of his interest in Wicca, because we have the freedom of religion under the First Amendment. Yeah. Like, <sighs> so Jason's lawyer spoke, and he said they said that they had no evidence against Jason and that the satanic panic is scary, quote, but a scarier thing is to convict someone with no evidence. Which is also a very good point. Yes. Davis got the last word. Um he said the jury could see when Damien testified that he is nearly emotionless and he's done more than dabble in Satanism. He's told y'all fuckers has, has so many he? times that has he's he? not. Yeah. <sighs> he said Damien was the link between. Or, the, or Wiccan shit. He was interested in Wiccan. Like, I think he said he was a Wiccan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Got you. But like. Well, I mean, it, once. But once Wicca again, is not Satanism. Once again. And guess what? Freedom of religion. Freedom of religion, yeah. man. So. And he pointed out Damien is the link with Jason. Like they're they're best friends. So there you go. Are but 
Are there, and I'm sh- there might be, I don't know. Are, are there like sacrificial things in Wiccan shit? I don't think so. I, I don't think that it's. I don't, I don't. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. No, I'm not that. Yeah, at least not any human stuff. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't believe so. Huh. Okay. I think Wiccans are pretty like just earthy and like. Yeah. Go like. It's like go fucking pray the to the moon. moon or yeah, some yeah, shit. that's what yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So the jury deliberated for almost five hours that night, and then for about six more hours the next day. And then at 3.30 p.m. on March 18th, 1994, they notified the judge they had a verdict. So they deliberated for 11 hours. And the jury found both Damien and Jason guilty of capital murder in the deaths of all three of the boys. And the judge had done the usual, like, I don't want any outbursts. We're all going to remain calm. Mark Byers starts shouting, yes, yes, yes. Of course he does. Of course he does. A reporter said Jason looked like he was crying when the verdicts were read, but that Damien wasn't. Dominie was led sobbing from the courtroom, holding her and Damien's baby. It said she was hysterical. Uh, The sentencing phase of the trial would start the next day. She was 17. She was 17. You're younger, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, The sentencing would start the next day. Hmm. So then they talked to the, the victims, parents, the media all did. Terry Hobbs, who was Stevie's stepfather, said that it was right for the defendants to lose their lives and that he wished that the families could have just 10 minutes alone in a room with the defendants. There are so many people that say that, and I'm like, that's you. That's a weird thing to say, man. So this is this is the thing. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, I, I don't... I'm going to say this, and I'll probably regret it. I can't... I don't blame the parents that lost their kids. Yeah. Because I'm they weren't thinking straight. No. Period. Yeah. During this I mean, time. And it's like you're given this like super easy target. They throw a mic in your face. Yeah. You're and just it's thinking like, with your heart. Yeah. And yeah. like, man, I like my that that just absolutely sucks. Yeah. The shittiest part about and this. And then you've got that is, quote forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the shittiest part about this is that, dude, this is just a complete, like, miscarriage of fucking justice, yes. man. Yeah. And it's just like, this is not how the justice system was even remotely supposed to, like, fucking function. No. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, Stevie's mom, Pam Hobbs, said that God got his vengeance. Uh, Michael Moore's father, Todd, said that he was satisfied with the verdicts, but he was still in pain and that his son still wouldn't be coming home. Melissa Byers said that the defendants should pay with their lives. This stuff you'd expect them all to say. Sure. Um, Damien's mother said that this was just taking the lives of three more innocent boys. And Jason's mom said he had been framed and was innocent. Oh, man. I actually totally agree with Damien's mom. Yeah. It absolutely like, is. Like, ugh, miscarriage of justice. And then, like, you're putting more three more just, kids. Yeah. Like, taking their lives from them. With no evidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, they were weird, don't you remember? Oh gosh! <laughs> oh shit! He had twelve black shirts. Uh huh. Never uh-huh. mind. I remember Damien was weird. Yep. Did you see that part? Yeah, and he had. Didn't he have like some kind of animal school? Yeah. Which animal school equals? He probably murdered these kids. Satanist. Yeah, I would think so. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, so that reporter that I liked from the Arkansas Times said mm-hmm. that Damien was convicted for reading suspicious books and copying dark passages from the likes of William Shakespeare. He even said something like, God forbid he had no, uh, like explored Edgar Allan Poe, you no know, shit. 
Uh, he said he was tried for thought crime. Got a 1984 reference oh, there. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Jason was just dragged along as an afterthought. I, I love this reporter. Yeah. For sentencing, the defense called up a psychologist named Dr. James Money, Moneypenny. Yeah. Uh, when our buddy, private investigator, Ron Lax, he realized that they had a whole printed out file of Damien's psych records. And he was like, oh, we're hosed. Because, like, you introduce all those files, the prosecutors can go through them and use anything in them. Yeah. They had been confidential medical files, and now you've entered them into evidence. So, how did the... Oh, because of the psychologist. The defense entered them, yeah. I mean, dude, this just seems like a fucking inside job almost kind of thing. <sighs> I don't think... I, and I'm not, trying, think, to, no, I'm no, not no. trying to be, like, conspiratorial kind of thing, but, like, at the same time, it's I like... I think the defense lawyers were probably overworked, very underpaid, underexperienced, for sure. They had said that. And probably what, what didn't did even they? realize what all was in those... Uh, and that's... That might Ron be... Ron Lax remembered what all was in there. Yeah. But they're not exactly, like... He's not part of the actual legal team, sure, so they're yeah. not, like, running ideas by him for approval, you Yeah, know? yeah. But it said that he just, like, just, like, just knew that they were screwed when he saw that they had that. I mean, dude, a, a psych record. Yeah. You can pick and choose and make Especially somebody, Damien's. Yeah. With quotes and stuff in it. Um, so the defense goes over some basic stuff with the doctor and then Fogelman cross-examined him and he got into the times that Damien had been in psych wards and then he got to have the doctor read quotes of Damien saying he thinks a lot about life after death which life after death is the name of Damien Eccles' book that he put out way way later yeah and uh, that he feels people are in two classes sheep and wolves and that wolves eat sheep like, this is just teenager it's, shit. If, and it's so, like, it. it is so, well, I mean, to steal your word, nebulous and yeah. just, like, fucking like, out so there. And, and it's like, okay, so he's making metaphors? Yeah, fine. So, um, we don't even know what the fucking metaphor is for. No. Like, like, think of just how many songs mention, like, wolves and sheep. Yeah. You know? All these metal bands. Yeah. Um, and then there's other quotes saying that he he said that he obtains his power by drinking the blood of others and that it makes him feel like a god. Once again, asking Damien to ever shut the fuck up. God. He's done it no shit, dude. But in his defense, those were those were with his therapist. Like those were private that should have never been. Absolutely, no. Jason's lawyers didn't call a soul. Nobody to say he had a good record. Well, so okay, so real quick, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, a therapist, unless the the patient is showing uh, signs that they could harm themselves yeah. or others, yeah. Which not up to this point, kind of thing. Did he had, the, did he had the, definitely threatened to kill himself several times. Well. But I mean, but this w- had not been admitted yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Until like. Yeah. So it's one of these things that it's like very fucking convenient yeah. that now this is all of a sudden relevant, but all through this fucking trial, yeah. it wasn't brought. You know? Well, and it also points out that during the sentencing phase, yeah. both sides are supposed to like basically present their cases stronger. So uh, the prosecution to be like, here's why you should throw the book at him. And the defense to be it. like, here's why you should be lenient. Gotcha. Okay. So they're kind of okay. trying to prove 
Which I feel like was the whole point of the whole trial. It seems goofy to me to have the sentencing yeah, be a separate, I, like, mini it, trial. It makes sense that they, it, it makes sense, but God, oh, just, I know. It's very yeah, frustrating. Know. So, um, so Jason's lawyers didn't have anybody even get up there and say like, Hey, this kid hardly had anything on his juvenile record. Like yeah. he had a good record at school. He's a good kid. Like no, nothing. Yeah. Nobody. Fogelman goes up to do his closing arguments. He reads again from the therapist files on Damien Damien reports being told at the hospital that he could be another Charles Manson or Ted Bundy. And then he's like, please give us your verdict. Jason's lawyer reminded the jury that Jason was still just 16 and he had no prior criminal record. Uh, Quote from his lawyer, your verdict has already decided that Jason Baldwin will die in prison. The question is, how will he die? I ask for mercy. Thank you. Because, I mean, he's, at this point, at best, he's going to get life without parole. Yeah. You know? Um, Jason is going to get life without parole. At best, Jason could get the death penalty. And that's because they, well, They found him guilty of capital. But they, uh, but they eventually fucking separated the trials, but it was. No, they didn't separate them because they didn't introduce that Oh, because they didn't. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's hard to keep up with. No. Okay. Uh, the jitter, what the jury, <laughs> God, let's start again. <laughs> the jury deliberated for two hours and 20 minutes. They had one of those huge notepads on an easel with these magic marker. I, mm. I like those big things. Uh, I like playing the Pictionary on that. Yeah. Shit, so. I guess now we've got dry erase boards, but it's not the same. I know. There's some it's not satisfaction the of a, the lights, yeah, you know. a big marker on big paper. There's yeah. nothing like it. <laughs> um, so, uh, they had they listed pros and cons of people who even like testified like they had like Gitchell and like uh, that cult guy yeah. and of the defendants. Um, they just listed like their pros and then their cons just as in general. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, most of them were pretty dull. Damien's was kind of wild for pros on Damien's. They listed intelligent manic depressant. How's that a pro? Yeah, not sure. Stuck to story and loyal family. What? <laughs> I don't know if they meant loyal to his family. Yeah. Or if that his family being loyal to him was a good sign of his character, maybe. Oh, okay. That's okay. probably it. Got okay. It. Okay. That makes good. sense. We just need to talk it through. <laughs> uh, the cons, though, and these are all quotes. Yeah. Something to gain. Dishonest. Manipulative. Weird. I'm so tired of the word weird. Weird? Weird. Weird. Satanic follower. Again. How many times has he said he's not? How many times has have? Okay. Yeah. Fiber match, incriminating testimony dash Ridge. Uh, I think that was when Ridge interviewed him. Mm. Uh, blue kisses to parents. He could have had that one marked off real easy. Yeah. Traveled crime scene two hundred times in two years, and in parentheses in all caps, lied. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, what? Okay. I don't know if they had just asked him at some point, how often did you go to this area? Maybe he just hung out in the woods. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, carried knives. Wait, that is a con? <laughs> yeah. He lives in Arkansas. Nope. It's a bad move. <sighs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Secondary confession, parentheses, ball field girls. Oh, my God. Inappropriate thought patterns. Shouldn't that be labeled as, like, secondary hearsay? Right. (laughs) Uh, No credible witnesses. Eat father alive. What? 
Because remember, he they asked oh him, God. and he said, "No, I never said that." And they still fucking mark it down. And on a whole different page, on huge letters, a juror wrote, "You are what you think about." Which gets back to thought crimes. Uh huh. So the jury decided that those murders were especially cruel and depraved, but because Jason was 16 and was under a lot of pressure from Damien, they would sentence him on each count to life in prison without parole. They decided that Damien's extreme mental or emotional disturbance had influenced his guilt, but that the cruelty and depravity of the crimes outweighed that, and they sentenced him to death by lethal injection. Uh, Burnett had both defendants stand up. He asked them, do you have any legal reason why your sentence should not be imposed? Damien said no. And Jason said, because I'm innocent. Burnett was like, excuse me? He was like, I'm innocent. And Burnett's like, well, the, the jury just, uh, they, they, they looked at everything and found otherwise. That's so heartbreaking. Wow, dude. And then Burnett told them both that they would be in the sheriff's custody to be taken to the prison. And then he told Damien that on May 5th of 1994, he would be put to death by lethal injection. This trial, we're, we're on uh, end of March. So like four or five weeks. I mean, that's... That's not how quick our, no. our death penalty you, goes. We, we, that's why there's appellate courts. <gasps> like, what? And okay. next week, we will get to the appeals and the aftermath. Oh my god. Uh, we'll wrap up dude. the book and then I'll do updated stuff the way after that. This this is the wild thing. Like this has been a fucking like journey kind of thing. Yeah. Or just a traversal. I'm yeah. gonna say a traversal because like Yeah. It's a ride. And I can't even I can't even fucking imagine what these fucking kids went through. No. Like I legitimately cannot wrap my mind around it. And at all. just not being that bright of kids either like i was into true crime at 16 and i still would have been like the fuck is happening yeah like i can't imagine somebody that's not very educated and not a crude true crime nerd wondering what the fuck is going on being on trial at 16 facing possible fucking execution yeah God. Absolutely insane. Good on Jason for not ever taking those plea deals, though. No shit. Yeah. That says a lot about him, man. Oh, well, holy hell. We're looking at uh, right around an hour, a little over an hour. Perfect. Perfect. Legit. That was perfect. (laughs) Um, Thank you guys for uh, tuning in for... Untethered number 100, part five of the West Memphis Three. Allie has once again done it. And for real, thank you so much for listening. I, this this case has taken over my life. Trey told me the other day, he has watched Paradise Lost and two and three. And he's going to watch the Peter Jackson one. Yeah. And he's going to listen to the audiobook, but he's still listening to me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So it's not just me that's <laughs> fucking obsessed with this case. Well, dude, it's like you see you see the absolute just fucking it's mess. It's a rabbit hole, man. Well, and, and it's a mess. Yeah. And it's like, this can't be right. I know. And then it's like, you look at these other sources and it's like corroborated yeah. and everything. And it's like, holy shit. And the woman this writing was this book. This just a mess. Yeah. In like, general. She, she does such a good job with like staying objective and just a pr- like presenting the stuff. Yeah. 
all the editorial shit that's like what the fuck is the judge doing that's us that's yeah. me like yeah, that's, yeah. that's not her she does a very good job at like just presenting a ton of info yeah but like anybody can read it the writing on the wall yeah Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm I'm yawning just because I'm fucking beat, man. <laughs> no, honestly, this this has been awesome. This case um, is wearing me out. I'm I'm glad to be wrapping it up because <laughs> it's so it's so frustrating. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and it's like you're pointing out all these things that are just like, I mean, dude, I, I don't understand I mean, how to me, anybody. They're glaring. It is a glaring fucking issue. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, anywho, well, let us know what you guys thought about uh, Untethered number 100, part five. Uh, you can shoot that to tetherradio at gmail.com. You can hit us up on all the socials uh, at tether underscore radio on X. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to, I can't just say X. Like, I have to say something. Like, honestly, it makes me think of like fucking. Uh, Do you remember the radio station when it was like 94X? Yeah. Uh 94.3, right? Yeah. It was 94Z for a while. Oh, okay. But I think it was the X at some point. It went through so many names. I know, right? God. I'm so I'm pissed that uh 105.3, the Farragut station that played incredible oldies. Yeah. They got taken over by like this like shitty <sighs> station that like plays like bad 80s. That's how it always goes. And the occasional, like, fucking... It's, like, all the cheap music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. it's just, like, easy to fucking get royalty Or not royalties, but... Uh, what the fuck's the term? Yeah. Royalties. Not, no, because royalties is, like, you're paying out to somebody else. Mm. Um, it's... Uh, Ad dollars. Or some, uh, fucking... <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking know. know it. Like honestly, brains, brain, uh, brain, brain brain's off, gone. No brain, brain. mush. <laughs> bye bye. Anyway, um, <laughs> Instagram at tether underscore radio. Tether radio after dark. Uh, that's our Facebook group. We got read with tether. We're doing the handyman method, method uh, by Nick Cutter on October eighteenth, seven thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, got the tether radio newsletter. I skipped over it. I apologize. Uh, you will not find anything from Untethered in that. Yeah, but if, I'll put one out at the end of this one since it's been so much okay, stuff. Rock but, and roll. But normally I don't. Yeah. A- after after you wrap all. Of yeah, it though, once right? it's all wrapped. Okay. So once, a couple more weeks, I'll send just one out. That's pretty much just going to be a ton of links to stuff if you want to read more and see pictures and stuff. Perfect. And that's tetherradio.substack.com. Yep. Uh, you are currently listening to Tether Radio Untethered, and we got our Tether Merch store, tinyurl.com slash tethermerch. Just hop on there. Check out what we have available. We got something for everybody. Um, man, I think that's it. think so. Oh, my God. Allie, you've crushed it again. Thanks, man. And Thanks for not falling asleep. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, honestly, I, I'm telling you, like. You stay I, so mad. You I can't, love it. You can't no, look away. No, you're right. It's yeah. like. If I start dozing off by chance, you mention something, I'm like, hang the fuck up. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, it, it has been an awesome, uh, an awesome traversal of this, uh, this topic and, uh, you've, you've done a great job. Woot. So, um, so hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Be sure to check out the full episode on Monday and until then take it easy friendos. Bye.